Well, it's good to see everyone over in Post Falls campus. We're delighted to be here. I love Post Falls campus. It's awesome. Wow. If you're a guest, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, I, on the radio this morning, I heard that uh, Willie Nelson got hit. Because he was on the road again. Hey, we're right now in a series called After His Heart. It's our vision series. Very important series. We want everyone to know the vision of Heart of the City Church. It's it's important. Why would we want you to know so that we can all be unified? They don't just come to me and say, hey, what are you guys are about? They may go to Stephen or Pat or Crystal or somebody in this room. What are we about? And you can share with them. So every, every year we do a vision series. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Last weekend it was all about knowing God. And we birthed a, 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 a 24-day reading plan for us to read together. Today was uh, 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 day seven. Um, Ezekiel 32, and then a typo. Yeah, I'm even speaking a a typo. Jeremiah 32, and it should have been verse 17 instead of 10. Does everyone have this? Because some of you are looking at me like baffled right now. If you don't have the reading plan, would you raise your hand? If you don't have this, everybody's got this. Everybody's got this? They're running to you right now. Good, 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 good. I don't care. It's okay that we're on day seven. It's totally fine. Just like when we fasted 24 days. It's fine. It's okay that we're on day seven. I encourage you to dive right in. We're all reading this together. And there's a video out every day that I have greatly enjoyed. Uh, wonder, everyone's done a, an amazing job, huh, bro? Uh, so you can go uh, Facebook, Heart of the City Church, or Instagram right there, Daniel. There you go. Thank you. There, thank you. You can go Facebook or Instagram, Heart of the City Church, and uh, connect with that video. They have been a blessing. So make sure, you know, we're, it's all about knowing God through creation, through his covenants, through his word, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, through his church. And it has those different things on this bookmark. So please join with us. I thought, man, I listened to Jason this week, and I thought he just killed it here last weekend. Wow. I, I, I sent his out to the elders and said, you guys got to listen to this guy, because it was just absolutely amazing. So I think he's downstairs right now, but I thank God for him. And so make sure that you dive right in with us in the reading program, 24 Days. I think it's, it's, it's been very powerful to know that everyone's reading together. I've had people send me pictures of like, hey, there's this Bible and binoculars because he's looking at elk while he reads the Bible and drinking coffee. And he's like, I got all my tools this morning. And I'm like, baby, you reading the word? That's good right there. I don't care if you're shooting a gun, just reading the word. Amen. Today, I'm, I want to talk to you about find freedom. And to be honest with you, I'm wearing a different hat this morning. I'm a preacher by nature. But sometimes I have to wear a little teaching hat. And even this morning, I'm going to put my counseling hat on. Because I, I, I really 
want, I don't want to just shout about freedom. I want you to be free. So can I do that this morning? Can I be do teach or preach or counsel with you this morning? Like a big counseling session? Well, J.O. Christians should be free. Well, they should be. But why aren't they? And so I want to walk with people through that this morning. So know God last week. Find freedom today. Next week, discover purpose. Make a difference. Today's all about small groups. I tie it in with that. And I want to read with a scripture that, that ties in last week and this week together. John 8, 31 through 32, code red. Go with me this morning. And then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. How many of you know that Jesus is looking for disciples, not just believers? Not just people who write Christian on, you know, college sign-up or job application. Jesus wants disciples, wholehearted followers of Christ. I surrender, right? Surrendered, obedient. If you abide in my word last week, know God, you are my disciples indeed, knowing God through his word and so forth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Where does bondage actually come from? We're going to talk about, I'm going to, I want to talk to you about two different doors that I think that bondage comes from. One door is the door of sin. The other door is the door of lies. Sin and lies. Jesus, code red, he's also talking to leaders of the synagogue, the church, and he's pretty direct with them. If I ever spoke to you this way, I would never see you again. <laughs> but Jesus is pretty direct. And he says this in John 8, 44. He says, you are of your father, the devil. What if I said that to you? You're your father, the devil. You'd be like, I'm going to the next church, J.O. That's what Christians do. They get offended. They go to the next church. I tell people to come to Heart of the City Church. No, they do. I tell people to come to Heart of City Church all the time and get offended because you're going to grow up, forgive. You have to forgive me and move on, and, right? And not just bounce to the next church. We're family. You are the father, you are your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar. Listen to these words real close. And the father of it. The devil is the father of lies. Well, where do you think the seed comes from when a man and a woman gets pregnant. The seed comes from the, go with me, from the father. Come on, somebody. So the, the, the devil's all about being this father of planting seeds of lies in your mind. We're going to talk about the day. You have to be careful with seeds Coming into your mind. Imagine these seeds, what, what the seeds do. We heard Pastor Stephen talking about that this morning. They grow, right? Seeds, if they're 
you know, come to fruition, sunlight, so forth and so on. They grow, and before you know it, they're plants. Well, seeds in your mind, the, the lies that I'm talking about, they grow these things. So these seeds, all of a sudden, they're growing, man. And you don't, uh, I mean, you got, every seed can become a chain in your life. So imagine the devil just constantly lying to you. And if you believe, the power is, if he gets you to believe a lie, you can just be birthing, dragging around, as a believer, dragging around chains. And that, I want to call these chains today, I'm just going to flip my hair around a little bit pulling me off the stage as strongholds strongholds so you gotta you gotta be careful with these lies these seeds because those seeds turn into chains those chains turn into a house of lies a house of chains and they create strongholds. You've heard of strong. How many of you have ever, ever heard of a stronghold before? You can hear about it, but you're like, I don't know what a stronghold is. It's a strong hold because it's a stronghold. Okay, they're very strong, and they will hold you. And we're going to dive into that a little bit. Where is these seeds? Land, where these seeds land at that creates these chains that grow these healthy chains, where do they land at? They land on the battlefield. Where's the battlefield? Your mind. That's the battleground right there. As a man thinks in his heart, thinks in his heart, so is he. So you got to be careful with these seeds landing in your mind. If you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, if all Christians are free, then why does the Bible speak a whole lot about strongholds and, and becoming free and so forth and so on? Uh, I want to talk to you about that today, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. We're going to read through this, and then I want to show you quickly a regression it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. I don't war with hand grenades and with ARs and things like that. That's not the war that I'm in. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, pulling them down. Casting down argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, there we go, seeds into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Be ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Let's look at the regression of that scripture just for a moment. Here's the regression. First of all, you don't punish those seeds coming into your mind, that's a regression. And then all of a sudden, those seeds, those, that there's no punishment, and there's no bringing thoughts into captivity. You allow anything to come into the mind, into the, war, the, 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 the battleground. You allow that to come in, and all of a sudden, you're not ca no casting down. And before you know it, because you haven't done what the Word of God says, you as a believer are dealing with a stronghold. Well, what's so bad about a stronghold, J.O.? Imagine you're, you know, you have these hanging all out of your brain, out of your mind, off of your heart. It's really a 
military term. So think of it this way. All those thoughts become a house. Where's the house at? Right here. Inside us. Here's the problem. You can be a born-again, spirit-filled, water-baptized disciple of Jesus Christ and deal with strongholds. Who hangs out in the stronghold? The enemy. That's why it's called a stronghold. Wait a minute, you mean I'm possessed? I'm not saying that you're possessed. I'm saying that you have a stronghold that in weak moments, the enemy will come and take advantage of you and oppress you, depress you, and try to destroy you. The devil's good about destroying. He's a destroyer. So all of a sudden you get zapped by the enemy and you love God, you love people, but you're dealing with this thing called a stronghold. Bill Johnson says, a, a fan of mine, of Bethel, you may not like him, I don't care. He says this, I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind, or I'm sorry, in my head about me that is not his. That's so good, I'm going to say it one more time. I can't afford to have a thought in my head about me that is not his. Okay, so J.O., what's this got to do with small groups? We're talking about small groups today. Well, God uses man. He uses you and I. If you're not allowing God to use you, you need to change. Because God wants to use every one of us in this room, and he does it through one-on-one -on -one and through small groups, so forth and so on. So that's why small groups, you can find great freedom within small groups. Small groups is the church, the body of Christ. Look at James 5.16. It says, confess your trespasses one to one another. That, to, that one another is mutual yourselves not going to a priest it's not going to a pastor it's not going it's it's mutual it's to ourselves you can go to a small group and confess your trust let me ask you this does anybody have any trespasses in this room if you do raise your hand everyone else is liars you're you're a flat-out liar because we all, let's try it again. If you have trespasses, raise your hand. Why? Because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? I just had to help you out a little bit, understand that. Okay? So you pray for one another mutually that you may be healed. The effective for prayer of a righteous man avails much. God uses the body of Christ, small groups, in a powerful way. I remember God used a guy named Keith Barrow whenever I was a sold-out, born-again believer, but I was uh, dealing immensely with anxiety, depression, panic attacks, possibly demons. Jay, I don't like to hear that. I, I, I can't help you don't like to hear that. The first thing Jesus tells us in the Great Commission, he says, go cast out demons. The very first thing he tells us. Okay, so we don't like to talk about it, but you may be oppressed by demons at times. If you got voices, it's like, where in the hell are these voices coming from? They're coming from hell. Where in hell? Where exactly? Okay, you with me? Am I offending you good yet? I hope it offends you to set you free. Keith really, really was used mightily 
by the power of God to set me free. A counselor, a, a small setting, a, a, a confessing one to another. And then in our church in the home was powerful. That's where my beautiful wife got born again. We came and all of a sudden, we called it church in the home, small group. And it was powerful, the presence of God. I was struggling immensely before I came to know Christ with steroid addiction. Everyone's got their stuff. It does, the devil doesn't care. It doesn't have to be fentanyl. It could be alcohol. It could be cigarette. It could all kinds. My thing was a steroid addiction, right? And so after I got born again, I kept a little stash like an idiot. One day I was going to a worship time. And before, I was in the bathroom counting my stash like an idiot. And I was so addicted, I took some, and then I went to the worship time. I was, I was totally in love with Christ. But something was sabotaging me. I got to the worship time because I walked. It was only a couple blocks away. I walked, and someone kind of cut me off with a horn or something, and I just about lost it, and these brothers saw me lose it. They're like, that's not like J.O. And they came around me, hey, bro, what's up? And I told them I was so broken and full of shame and guilt. I just said, I just, this is what I just did. And they, they didn't beat me down. They didn't discourage me. They prayed for me. They encouraged me, right? And, and, and I walked in and be, could worship. I confessed my faults, trespasses, one another. They brought great healing to my life. There was great freedom through confession. There was great freedom through their prayers and through counseling. These things I'm sharing today is not from self, a self-help book. I'm not sharing from some, I'm, I'm sharing you, I'm sharing today for, to you from the fight that I've been in, the battle that I have been in, the struggle, the suffering, the prayers, the fasting. This is the real deal book of J.O. today. I hope you can handle honesty and transparency because that's what I've always needed. I fought, I battled. I struggled and I suffered. If you think that freedom is just like, hey, well, just, just say, hey, by stripes, you know, you know uh, who the sun sets free is free indeed. You can shout that all day long. You can pray that all day long. But unless you know the truth, you'll stay in bondage. It doesn't say sing the truth and you'll, it doesn't say shout the truth. It says those who know the truth. That's a very intimate no right there, yo. 1 Peter 5.10 says, but you may, but may the God, this was me, this may be you today, but may the God of all grace who called us into eternal glory of Christ Jesus, listen, after you have suffered a while, I don't believe in a gospel that doesn't connect with suffering. If you have a gospel that you never suffer, I think you have a false gospel. I just have to be honest. Because I don't see any, anybody in the Bible that didn't suffer. 
Jesus, wow, that suffered. Disciples suffered. I've suffered. My wife battled three cancer three times. She suffered. I've seen even babyface Craig suffer. This dude will play athletic things and get wounded, but I've seen his heart suffer, right? I've, I've seen the greatest people on the face of the earth suffer. So don't feel weird if you suffer. Don't feel, let me release you. Dude, when I got first born again, I stinking suffered. Do I suffer today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like it was. After you have suffered a while, perfect. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, and strengthen, and settle you. This is what God does. He begins to perfect us out of the suffering and, and establish us. Freedom for me has come through this struggling, fighting thing. I was talking about knowing the truth. There's a lot of freedom that comes through knowing the truth. Let me repeat that scripture, John 8, 32. And you shall know, say that with me, know. That's a Jewish idiom of, 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 of sexual intercourse. It's, it's a real, in the Old Testament, it's yada. Those who know their God shall do great exploits. God heard the cry of his people. He, I know them, and he came to save them, you know, even when they were slaves. So shouting about knowing, let me read this, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Shouting this, singing, reading this alone will not set you free. This is where Christians make a mistake. Well, if I just say it enough, if I just declare it enough, if I sing it, if I dance it enough, if I shout it enough, well, then why aren't you free? Because it's knowing the truth that sets you free. Psalms 51.6. Is this okay today? Because I knew I was going to go a little deeper. I knew that I want to see you free. And sometimes to get free, you might get a little nervous. You may, demons don't like that. You may get a little sketch. No, I'm serious. Because I've been through that. Psalm 51, 6. Behold, you desire the truth in the look, 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 inward part. And hidden part. You shall make me to know wisdom. God desires truth in here. We're going to talk about here. We're going to talk about members in just a minute. Very important that you get truth down in here. Not just here, but down in here. Let's go there. Romans 7, 19 through 23. For the good that I do, this is Paul writing, for the good I, that I will to do, I do not do. Is he possessed? I don't think so. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Can anybody feel Paul? Some of you, some of you are being honest. Right? Now, if I do what I will not to do, it's no longer I who do it. Uh-oh. Who's doing it? <laughs> but the sin that dwells in me. I find then a law 
that evil, whoa, is present within me. Paul, come on, bro. I'm a born-again, spirit-filled, blood-bought believer. Evil in me? The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my... Look, look, look at this very interesting word, members. If you look in the, in the Greek, it'd say like limb or arm, but somewhere in our members, it's important that you hear that. Exactly where, I don't know, but it's in your members. It goes, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. I call that a stronghold. You may be like a little girl's jury box, just your life for a minute. You ever seen those little jury box, a little girl, and, and they're really, they got cool stuff in it, but all of a sudden they get shook up and shaken, and, and you look in it, it's like, wow, look at those little lipsticks it's all over the place. The, 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 the necklaces are so knotted up. There's earrings inside there and rings, and it's like this jury box, though it has good stuff in it, is a mess. Knotted. That's kind of like how I view a stronghold. These these seeds that were planted that, see, you can allow a bird to land on your head. Just don't let him build the nest. Get the nest off. Truth, in the Greek, it means stability and and firmness, which I think equals freedom. And so where did this stuff come from in my life? Well, I'll hit on it a little bit because a lot of you know my story. Some of you don't. But my mother and dad was killed when I was eight. And then my sister uh, at 17, my cousin, who was a brother to me, I was like 16. And I really began to deal with this thing called death, premature death that really impacted me in a huge way. I began to believe a lie that carried right on over into my Christian life. What was the lie, J.O.? It's like all this hell happened to me. How could God really love me? I think this is the biggest lie that most Christians believe. The big, one of the biggest lies is how I'm going through this right now. How could God love me? I battled in knowing this, this truth about does God really love me? I know I sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, but I really didn't know it. I battled this lie in a huge way. Let me, let me read the truth to you today that I believe will help you with this lie. You with me on this? Romans 8, 35 through 39. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. I assume you have it memorized, okay? If you don't, you need to pack your Bible with you. Romans 8, 35 through. You need to write this stuff down all over the place. I want to see you free. Here's truth that can set you free. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it's written? See, if you don't write this stuff down, you're like, oh, that's just a cute little verse. No, this is a powerful verse that can set you free. For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep as for slaughter. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
through him who loved us. I'm persuaded. This is where I need to get you to. This is where the the truth needs to get down into your heart. I call it your guts, down into the members. I'm persuaded. Look what it says. That neither death, bam, neither death. For me, neither death. Nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor present things present or things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any created thing. I'm reading this fast only because of time. You should read it. Don't read it so fast. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So, J.O., I'm going through blank. Fill your blank in right now. I'm going through a crazy wife. Fill that blanket. I got a husband that's lost his mind. Fill the blanket. I, 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 I have went through the worst storm of my... What? Fill the blanket right now because I know that most of you can fill in the blank, right? Fill the blanket. I don't think he loves me, J.O. Oh, I'm going through this. Therefore, I don't think that he really cares or loves me. See, that's... That's a lie. But if you didn't catch it, it can be a chain and a stronghold. And because, believe me, it's not just one seed. It's like you've planted a house. And then all of a sudden you go through something and you're like, I told you he doesn't love me. And the enemy sabotages you because you believe the lie. There's a stronghold the enemy camps out in to absolutely destroy your life. It's called a stronghold. I was in seventh grade, between my seventh and eighth grade. I'm being very real today. Smoking weed between seventh and eighth grade. I had a panic attack. I didn't know it was a panic attack for maybe uh, 10, 12 years later. I didn't know. Took like 11 cold showers. I began to deal with chronic anxiety, depression. I think I, I opened a huge door for a demon. Well, J.O., it's okay to smoke weed. You do whatever you want to do. This dude right here is not because I know the hell that I went through. I became in bondage to fear. If I had a panic attack because I didn't know what they were, and if I was wearing certain clothes, I would never wear those clothes again. Jail, you just flat out crazy. Well, call it whatever you want. What do you think demons do? I wouldn't tell anyone because I thought I was losing my mind. And then I had these very, very loud, intrusive thoughts. What's an intrusive thought? A, a thought with a lot of emotion connected to it. Wow. What do you think that is? Well, psychologically, you call it an intrusive thought. Could it be a demon? It could be. There's something talking, and it ain't me. And I had these, and it would really impact me. A great lie of the enemy for me was that I was going to lose my mind. I was really concerned about that. I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. I was, I was very concerned. One of the enemies that puts you in great slavery and bondage and tactics is this thing called fear. Say that with me, fear. 
false evidence appearing real. Some, see, some of you know it, but you probably still might deal with it. Romans 8.15, for you did not, for you did not, I want you to, you, see, you can't, you can read some of these scriptures and just go through it and blah, not catch it. Listen to what it says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage. Bondage is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. I didn't give you a spirit of fear but of power, love, and sound mind. I try to stay away from that verse because we quote it so much, it doesn't have the uh like it should, but it is a very powerful uh type of scripture. But you receive the spirit of adoption. Sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Spirit of bondage, again, to fear. Wow. You know, I... The Holy Spirit will absolutely, my best friend, help you get out of the spirit of bondage and spirit of fear. I'm a proponent of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Big time. Huge. Massively. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1988. Dealing immensely. I got saved in 86. Got baptized in the Holy Spirit in 88. And all of a sudden, man my life began to drastically change. I got laid hands on, filled with the Holy Ghost, had my prayer language, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to completely free me and heal me. I had this peace come over me like, what is going on here? I got baptized in Eureka, California. I go back to Kentucky. I'm doing my job, just me, the Holy Spirit, and I'm working this job. And I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And this peace that transcended all understanding impacted me. And before you know it, I'm preaching the gospel on the streets in front of the bars that I used to bounce at. I would never do these things because of the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit will come to absolutely deliver you, transform you, regenerate you. The Holy Spirit. I'm no longer a slave. To, that was me. I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God. One of the roots with fear, you need to, you need to identify roots in your life because if you can find that root and go after it, dig it up, then you'll change your fruit. One of the fruit was fear. The other fruit was, for me, was fear of death. It became very evident. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15 says, Inasmuch as then as the children have partakers of the flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same thing, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I struggled with the fear of death just from the things that I experienced. I lived a lifetime of bondage and fear. My parents were pastors and they got killed when I was eight years old. I was staying with, my sister and I was staying with a couple in Ohio. Sunday evening, I'll never forget, they came in and said, your parents are dead 
it left me and my sister. I have other brothers that were older, one I didn't know about. The other couple was five orphans because they had their associate pastors with them. All four was killed in the car wreck. Death began to impact my life. And then at 17, I went to a wreck about two miles from my home. And it was, I didn't know it, but it was my sister. And I get to the wreck. This woman runs up to my car. You shouldn't get out. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I get out and I look beside the road and my sister's, my sister's laying there dead. Three months pregnant. I'll never forget it. She had baby blue pants on. She looked pretty normal, but she was dead. It broke, broke her neck. I began to deal. They found me at the graveyard telling my mom and dad uh, what had happened. I began to deal immensely with fear and this thing called the fear of death. Um, the dude that killed my sister was doing 95 and like a 40, 45, and I wanted to break his legs. Seriously. I accidentally ran into him twice, and I got locked up once. And the second time, praise God, they didn't lock me up. They just took me downtown. My friends came and got me, bailed me out before I was locked up again for this dude. He walked away, didn't nothing happen. There was a lot, a lot of stuff going on back then. But it really impacted my life. Trauma will impact your life. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, in this area right here, I want to be your best friend because I want to see you free. Because you can come to church and look free, dance free, act free, dress free, speak free, sing free, but you're not free inside of here. We can, we can play, we can talk a good game as Christians. I'm a Steeler fan. At home in front of the TV, I'm like, Coach, why did you do that? Coach, why did you should have sent him? That quarterback should have. Why didn't you hit him? Why didn't you catch that? I can talk a good game, but I'm not on the field. Christians can talk a big game, but God wants you on the field fighting, battling, struggling, suffering, whatever it may take for you to be free. Paul was in prison and he wrote letters. But what's cool, it was a reverse action with Paul. Paul was in jail, but I'm convinced he was free. You don't write the Bible in jail and not be free. He had learned to be content. He had learned what freedom was. Though he was in bondage because of prison jails, he was free on the inside. God so much wants you to be more free on the inside than everything that looks like free on the outside. He doesn't care about how it looks on the outside. He wants you free on the inside. I've chosen to live a life of forgiveness because for so long I didn't. I did not want to forgive that dude. Did not want to forgive him. I get born again and the Lord specifically immediately says forgive him. I'm like, oh God, not anyone but him. Anyone. But I forgave. And I did, this is, how did you forgive, Jacob? This is how I forgive. This is how I forgive. This is how I did it. You want to know? Here's some good counseling. This is how I forgave. 
I forgive him, 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 I forgive him. When I didn't feel like I forgave him, I forgive 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 him. The Bible says forgive from your heart. And I didn't forgive from my heart in the beginning. I forgave from my knowledge, but it eventually got into my heart. And I for, and to this day, I've chosen I've chosen to live a life of forgiveness. I, I've been forgiven a, a whole heck of a lot. And I choose to forgive. Are you ever challenged with that? Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? I'm challenged, I'm tested, but I still choose to forgive. I've had people, I shared this before a couple weeks ago, I've had three terrible accusations against me. And I, I really didn't want to forgive. I was like, this is bad. And I forgave. And do you know in all three of those cases, those people came to me and asked for forgiveness. All three of the cases. One was at a funeral. Came and asked me, sorry I made up that story. But I believe it's because I chose to forgive. Why do you say that this morning? Because if you want to live in bondage, just go ahead and don't forgive. Because you can live in bondage. Let me close with the scripture. Ephesians 4, 22 through 23, it says that you put off, say that with me, put off. It's a choice that we make in a lot of the things that we do, we desire. We go ahead and put off. And listen to what it says, concernment concerning the former conduct. My former conduct was, I'm not going to forgive, bitter, angry. I'm going to fight. I'm going to get revenge. This was my former, I had a whole lot more in my former conduct. I'm just skimming the top but I put it off. Say that, put it off. The old man which grows corrupt. <laughs> I got a nasty old man if he starts to rise. He, he's ugly. He, 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 he's not cool. Not cool at all. According to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. God, renew my mind. Father, you're teaching my fingers to war. I'm going to remove these seeds. We're going to pull down stronghold. Every, I'm going to bring every thought into captivity, casting down vain imaginations. I'm not going to allow those seeds to land on the war field or the battlefield. And we're going to begin to, dis everyone say demolish. That's what this is all about. It's like you have a house, but you begin to demolish this house of thoughts so that there's not a stronghold that the enemy can no longer torment you and destroy your life and sabotage you in weak moments. What's a weak moment? All of a sudden, you feel, you feel maybe vulnerable because of a situation. And all these old emotions come up. And you're like, wow. And before you know it, the enemy sabotages you. And you manifest. I have done all those things. 
But if you destroy that house of thoughts, the enemy can no longer attack you from a place of strongholds. Are you following me today?